This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, our weekly spin-off podcast designed specifically to help keep you company and keep you sane during lockdown. I'm Paul Verhoeven. That's my dad, John Verhoeven. Dad, how are you doing this morning? Paul, you and the listeners will be very, very excited to know that I'm fucking great. Awesome. Like actually pumped and ready to uh, to do whatever we do on, on Fridays. And I love Fridays. Paul, mm. you, um, you know, life's a funny thing. I happen to really dig a guy called Merrick Watts. Like I actually think he's really cool. Oh, bless you. Yeah. And he's, he's been on, he's been on this, this, this show. Oh, Dish, you mean. Yes. What, look, if you're trying to tell me that you listened to the latest episode of Dish and really enjoyed it, that's very, mm. that's very sweet of you. I, I did. Um, but he, 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 in your show, yeah. I'm, I'm not going not gonna to give it away. Mm. Just get over there and listen. Mm. But um, he thinks he's a bit of, a, bit of an adventurous type high adrenaline man. Yeah, well, he was on this show called... So, Merrick has been in radio and comedy for years and years and years, and I'm sure everyone knows him. But he was on SAS Australia last year, which was this kind of frightening show i want to talk to you about this dad so the basic premise is a bunch of like ex-sas operatives right get a bunch of normal people typically it's just normal people but this time it's you know australian celebrities and they Mm. get them to do i think like a condensed two-week sas course where they basically almost killed them i mean Mm. it's just horrifying it's sub-zero temperatures psychological damage you know Mm. like feats of physical i mean merrick i they take months and months and months to actually recover physically and mentally from this thing. And you basically get forced to wash out if you're having a hard day. And I mm. think at the end of last season, Merrick was one of the three people who actually, you don't really win. You just kind of make it through basic training. And that's the kind of, that's the goal. And what's really interesting, Dad, is during lockdown, a lot of people have kind of pursued, you know, home fitness and stuff, mm. right? Mm. Like, yeah. and, they've, and they've gone through like a cooking renaissance like you have, or they do some self-improvement. Mm. Merrick has kept up his SAS training. So he popped onto Dish and talked to us about that. But also, and I think this is pertinent to your interests and might be part of the reason why you like the episode, Merrick is a, he's almost a sommelier, like he's a wine expert. And so he's been pairing wine with barbecue. So he's built these barbecue pits and he's been kind of pairing wine with, with food really interestingly. So he talked to us about, you know, the physical and psychological torture of going on SAS. He shared mm. some of his secrets about the show 
And then he just talked about food and wine for ages. It was a really great episode. So, um, I mean, what would you say to people who listen to Loose Units who haven't listened to Dish yet? I would say what I always say, which is broaden your horizons. <laughs> I, no, I, I know that, um, that, <clears throat> that I was on that show and it was I loved it. Mm. I really, really enjoyed it. In fact, I would like to be the first guest ever on your show yep. to be interviewed twice. Okay, I'll tell you what. Here's the deal. And this is for the listeners as well. We will get Dad back as our first recurring guest if everyone who listens to Loose Units goes across and subscribes to Dish right now. I mean, just like while you listen to the show, go across to Apple Podcast or Spotify, look up Dish and subscribe. That's all you got to do. Because mm. if we get everyone who... Because we know how many people listen to this show. If you all go across and listen to Dish and subscribe to Dish, then not only will we get Dad on for a recurring episode, but you'll be the first ones to hear it again. Mm. Because mm. you guys heard it like three weeks ahead of anyone else. So seriously, that's that's your homework, okay? We don't ask you to do much, but we would really appreciate that. So make sure mm. you get across to Dish. And I, yeah, and I, look, it's it's there's nothing wrong with sort of cross-pollination, Paul, in that Tegan, you and me, mm. we're, we're family. Absolutely. And yes. I, I regard our listeners as our extended family, mm-hmm. um, but not in a sort of way where when I die, you all come in and get... My booty. Well, they can if they want, but yeah. Mm. No. Not to be confused with the American booty, like which is butt. different, isn't it? Yeah. Like, that's big. So what are you saying about these people? I'm saying I love everyone and I'd really like them. Because it's, it's, I have found it quite enriching mm. listening to the, the different guests. Um, the concept's really good. Yeah, I think it's, it's good. And, and I think the cooking thing um, is a real positive, particularly in this climate. You know how I do my signature dishes? Mm-hmm which is a bit bit weird. Someone at work, at Christine's work yesterday said, I really love John's signature dishes, but he's never, ever actually photographed what they turn into. The finished product, yes, that is very true. I think, Which I always forget to do. Yeah, well, sure, because you're too busy eating. Hey, listen, if people are curious as to what dish sounds like when it's... Actually, you know what? Here's a treat. I will play you all right now a short clip of Merrick, Tegan and I talking on dish. How about that? You're an ideas person, Paul. I thrive in high-pressure environments. Like, um, I don't like them. It's really weird. This is the strange part. I don't like them. I'd rather – I really like drinking on beaches. I like being <laughs> – I, I love nothing more than some satay sticks and a swim-up bar with some bintang, right? That's me. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is that my brain and, and the, the my composition requires high-end, high-pressure environments that I can – thriving actually there's something else i wanted to play for you from the episode as well and dad this is very pertinent to you so let's have a listen have you looked through the cast for the second season and made your predictions you'd have an idea of who's going to last and who's going to fall out early yeah totally absolutely i mean i could look at that list and tell you who the top four would be but I think that depending on how far people will go, there's certain character traits are most important. It's not necessarily about how fit you are or how strong you are. It's mm. the, the, to get through something like that, it comes down to how much you can endure physically mm. and mentally. Okay, so based on that, Dad, I strongly suspect that you would be in the running to, to make it on SAS. Do you think you could do two weeks of intense SAS training? Paul, I not only think it, I know it. Okay. And, and how, do I, how do I arrive at that conclusion, Paul? That's a very good question. I mean, I know that listeners are probably sitting here going, look, 
We know that John talks up his accomplishments a bit, but we also know what he's accomplished. And by that metric, he could totally do it. I mean, why do you think you could do it? Paul, I don't think I could do it. You know you I, could do it. Exactly. It's a circular conversation. We keep coming back to the fact that I don't think I know. That's, okay. that, that's a big part. Now, when I was in Armadale as a young boy, my best friend went on to become an instructor with the SAS in Western Australia. Hang on. Are you serious? Um, now, I was going to say, I'll bet you my left testicle, but because I don't have a copious quantity of balls, and I've always, like, I've bet so many of my testicles in previous episodes that I actually have no more testicles. You're in the minus at this point, yeah. Yes, but if I could borrow someone's balls, yep. I'd bet one of them. Okay, well, I'm pretty sure our listeners are, you know, they're generous and, hmm. and swimming he, in testicles. But he was, um, he was my best friend. Right. And... I know the listeners know this, Paul, but it's just sort of kind of not weird, but we used to sneak into his mum's kind of medical library. I've mentioned this to you before. So yes, you have, and yes. we used to look at all those great photos of things sticking out of people's butts. But he's so, okay. But, he's but ended, he ended up as a uh, as a an instructor. Yes. With I mean, think about being an instructor. I mean, these guys, they are they're just pretty special people. Okay. So yesterday morning, while I was running on Bondi Beach, now bearing in mind, listeners, there's a seven-meter swell off Sydney. That's a big swell. I was literally running at 45 degrees into the wind. There were four people in total running on Bondi Beach yesterday morning. It was, it was full on, and the ocean was incredibly dangerous. Okay. I had just listened to your podcast with um, Merrick Mm -hmm. and I was thinking because I always think a lot of weird sort of thoughts that keep me going through the run because the first thing I do when I rocked up at Bondi was when I went to open the car door of my ute Mm -hmm. the door almost blew off the car right that's an indicator and and I go down into this this maelstrom it was about it was about 10 on the Beaufort scale the the sea was literally a maelstrom of foam, okay? Yeah. And while I'm running, I'm thinking about Merrick and I'm thinking about him being interviewed by you and Tegan and I'm thinking about this whole SAS thing as to whether or not I could do it. And then I began to think about some of the crazy, insane things that I've done in my life, like really, really dangerous and foolhardy. Mm-hmm. To give you an example, I used to dive, scuba dive in Sydney, at night time with no gauges and get ready for this by myself and sometimes I would sink to the bottom of Sydney Harbour and I would turn my flashlight off and I would lie on the bottom and I used to feel so good so chilled so relaxed so calm and I was thinking about the SAS training and I know some of the things that they do. Some of them are fairly controversial. Um, like they, what? Well, burying someone alive. They certainly didn't do that in the series. Yes. They do some pretty heavy, heavy stuff. Yes, um, they do. They really do. heavy. You must be relatively fit to go through this arduous campaign. But I think that the part of your persona that has to be the toughest is your mind because if they break you you're out 
That's exactly what Merrick says, basically. He said that you've got people who are physically strong, but then they just they can't hack it upstairs and then they bail. You know, he was mm. saying he was up against people who, you know, were punching him in the face and having no problems, but then something got in their heads. And there was actually one part of the episode, Dad, where they would um they'd wait until you were really exhausted and then bring out photos and footage of your family or friends or loved ones kind of telling you that they're there for you. And mm. apparently it broke some people, but for Merrick, it gave him the juice he needed. Basically, mm. it gave him, you know, this kind of supercharge of like, oh, it's this is who, who I'm here for. Whereas if you're already on the fence and you see these people going, hey, daddy, we miss you, then you fucking crumble, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think you'd have that problem. You are quite pragmatic in that respect. Mm. Well, Paul, you know, if you've been deprived of, uh, of sleep, yeah, you become vulnerable. Yes, absolutely. I, I know that. But the thing is, you keep... I mean, how many hours a night do you sleep at the moment? I sleep nine hours every night. W- really? Yeah, your voice just went up two octaves, Paul. Yeah, because I sleep about six, six and a half. Not enough. Not enough, mate. Yes, but by that, but like, if you got woken up at three a.m. by a drill sergeant and made to do three hours of burpees, Paul, like- you are so, so, so sweet. What do you think? Ten years in the New South Wales Fire Brigades involved. Uh, watching videos and uh, doing cookups and putting Paul? out one fire every six months. Paul, that cut deep. Was it Te- true? Well, <laughs> Paul, I've seen that. I've seen the average physique of the nineteen ninety oh, era mate. fireman. Let's don't upset the fireys out there. No, You're I'm right. not. No, no, I'm not. No, please, I'm not saying now because no. right now firefighters all look like they belong in sexy firefighter calendars. Mm. All right? but Paul, Paul. The yep. alarm, the, the, the bells would go off at all hours of the, of the morning. Uh-huh. And you'd get up and you'd had, you had to go and perform. You had to go, go hard and go fast. Sure, sure. Okay, okay. So that, that thing, but I understand what you're saying about being woken up at three in the morning. I mean, no one likes to get up at three in the morning. But do you think you could do it? Do you think you'd be okay? 100%. Okay, because look, I, it's not that I don't think you could. I actually, I'm sitting here going... Ah, oh, shit. Maybe we actually need to try and get you on SAS Australia. Mm. Yeah. I'd, I'd, well, they, might have, they might have a sort of problem with my age. They shouldn't. But um, Well, uh, it, okay. There, there are earlier seasons of the show, right, mm. that, seem, that seem far more sedate when they've got normal people. I feel like they've kind of ramped up the danger a bit. I'm pretty convinced you could survive... One of the earlier seasons. If mm. you go back and watch some of the, you know, the older seasons on, I don't know what streaming service it's on. I'm sorry. I think it might be Seven Mate or something. Then, and by the way, if you haven't seen Merrick's season, we highly recommend it. It's 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 incredible stuff. But what you should be doing basically is going across and uh, watching the early seasons and seeing whether you think you could make it because it looks like it's just a shitload of hiking. There's one challenge where they try and basically break you, where the whole thing is to get information out of you, right? Hmm. Now, that one I have a problem with because it's it's sleep deprivation. They have headphones in with like screaming and animal noises. They put you in a stress position where they make hmm. sure that you can't actually, you know. Um, hmm. And I, I couldn't do that stuff. But how yeah. would you do under psychological pressure with that kind of, you know, stuff going on? Like um, in the, the famous book by George Orwell, 1984, where yep. the Petragon, what's the word? Oh, fuck. Patronus. No, no, no. 
Protagonist. Oh fuck! What the fuck's the word? Just cut all this sh- this out. Anyway, the the guy that the story is about. Hang on, sorry. Wait, 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 wait. You want me to cut that out? Yeah. You don't want me to paste a clip of you saying protagonist. <laughs> Paul, come on, mate. Protagonist. Um, protagonist. So, oh, anyway, that's thrown me that word. I know the word, but I just can't. <sighs> it's prot- anyway. prot- protagonist. That's it. So, what was the guy's name? The sort of the hero. Protagonist? Uh, I don't know. He was played by John Hurt in the movie, but I, yes. Um, but, you know, he, the uh, thing is that he escaped to his mind. Mm. That's that's where I think I'd go to. Are you thinking Brazil, Brazil does that as well, doesn't it? They do. That was, God, that's heavy. Fuck um, but the thing is, that's the objective of a torturer, is to unleash mm. that, that, that the deepest part where you can sort of retreat to. And, look, I do know that they do some pretty weird stuff and they and when you spoke about them using photographs of your family mm. um you know that's uh that, that, that that's a technique and but you um, wouldn't get i mean if you saw a photo of me or mum or mark or Anne or whoever you wouldn't you know or tegan or pla you wouldn't you know you wouldn't i don't think you'd cave right you would probably go well i'm doing it for them uh, that's my assumption right i agree with you but what happens if the photo was used in another way to make you feel like jealous. They photos- like, like they photoshopped, you know, like... Um, you know, your- someone in a, in a sort of a... Some sort of, um, you know, situation that... that look, that these these people that figure out how to break people... <clears throat> I mean, it's not a... It's not a, it's not a game uh, because it's used by the military forces all over the world. Well, the point is to basically see if the person has what it takes to avoid from giving away information under pressure. So if you get captured on a mission, right, they want mm. to make sure that you have the psychological makeup to withstand torture, basically, mm. Mm. right? Yep, yep. Uh, now, I mean, the thing is, you've never withstood torture, but you got tear gassed at one point, didn't you? Mm, I did, and that was um, <clears throat> pretty terrible. That was out at um, Parramatta Jail. Yeah. And, you know, it's just you become very vulnerable. Mm. Um, you know, l- let's work on the basic things about human nature and... and you know, the, the ways to get at people. And, you know, one of them is fear, um, is to scare people and then to threaten them and, and to deprive them of, of of all the good things. And that's why I think during this time of, of this fucking COVID, yeah. um, I find I'm continually rationalising and compartmentalising and saying to myself... Um, you know how fortunate I am, and um, I was watching. You know the the people in um, trying to get into the airport, yeah, in Kabul last yeah. night, and it was just it's. And then I woke up this morning actually thinking about those people again, and I thought, hang on a sec, like you know when you sort of the astronaut pulls away from the Earth, and they see this little bluey green ball floating in this universe. And then, and to think that there's so much stuff happening on our planet, and there are so many things that we just look, we're very blessed. So, I kind of, you know, there are various schools of thought about should one use that, that mechanism to say, oh, but at least such and such isn't happening to me. All oh, right, do that kind of comparative thing. No, I think, I think it is completely fair to go, 
the problems I'm having right now are mm. affecting me in a certain mm. way. Mm. But at the same time, just giving, I mean, the thing is I use that perspective to try and comfort myself, you know, and mm. give myself a little perspective. I don't use it to uh, diminish the suffering of others. No, no. And I, and, and I do have empathy, Paul. And, mm. you know, um, people must be getting slightly sort of sick and tired of hearing what happens in our little cul-de-sac. I mean, it seems to be just a flurry of varied activity. And two days ago, I I left our place and there was uh, a police car parked out on the sort of the main street. Yep. And it was there when I came back, which was about an hour later, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. And I, I looked down into our sort of cul-de-sac and there was a white ute parked. There were two police officers with... Um, I guess I'd call this guy a tradie in his early to mid twenties, mm-hmm. and he was sort of looking rather forlorn and dejected. And he was sitting in the gutter, and he had his sort of propping up his head, and he, you know, he just looked kind of a bit sad. And I walked past the two police officers. Now these police officers were general duties police, and they were relatively young. Yeah, and they had done something that brought back memories and will probably bring back memories to you and the listeners. And what it is, is that they'd pulled this guy over uh, who, for argument's sake, I think he was an electrician um, in all his work gear. So he'd obviously been working that day and these police... You know, they'd been with this guy for so long and they were filling out this incredibly complex sort of large format sort of paperwork from this book. Mm -hmm. And I began to realise, at first I thought, he's out of area, he's he's come from one of the red zones in Sydney, of which I think we've got 12, and these people can't leave those areas unless they get permits. And I'm thinking, God, this... Because I have never seen this this amount of paperwork and I've never seen something take so long. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're say between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. I came inside from our kitchen window, which I'm looking out now. I could see this whole now. I could see this whole thing still unfolding. It must have taken two hours. I thought, what on earth is going on here? And eventually, the police left. And this guy, he's just, I could see him. He's sitting in the gutter. He must have been sitting in the gutter for at least two hours. And I, I said to Christine, I said, look, do you think I should go over and have a chat with him and see if he'd like something to eat or something to drink? Because he's sitting there with this vehicle. The police have gone. And a part of me also wanted to find out what on earth had, had sort of taken place. Yeah. So, you know, I just had this desire to at least offer him some sort of comfort. I know it sounds bizarre. And then I'm thinking also, a part of my brain's also thinking, I'm a strange guy. I, I don't mean strange as in odd. I mean, he doesn't know me. I'm going to walk over to this guy in his early 20s and say, how are you going? Would you like something to eat or drink? I've seen you sitting here for some time. And and then a part of me was thinking, is that going to seem, is he going to sort of go, who, who are you? Yeah. But I thought, no, nah, bugger it. So I, I walked over and as I'm getting close to the car, I saw the infamous red label on his windscreen. You recall the red label? No. The, de- the defect notice. Remember that oh, time? Oh, God. Yes, yes. So when you and... Um, Mr. You-Know-Who. When yep. you and Dunn stopped that guy on the side of the road mm. and basically he put a not fit for whatever sticker on so that mm. legally you couldn't drive it. Correct. Had to be towed. So that's the same sticker on this guy. Same guy's- sticker. Right. And I've walked up to this guy and I said, ah, I said, ah, the red defect label. Mm. And he looked up and he said, yeah. I said, what was the problem? And he said... Two bald tyres. And it was about to rain. Mm. So I also thought, shit, should I go and get him an umbrella? Which is kind of weird as well. Mm. And so I said, you know, I managed to explain to him about, you know, that I'd been in the police force. I wanted to say that so he'd feel that I wasn't some fucking creepy neighbour. Just, you know what I mean. My, my, I've got a very fertile imagination and I'm always thinking about how, how things will be perceived. And I, I, you're not going to believe this, Paul, or probably you are, but... In amongst all this, I managed to get in all the information about our true crime podcast. Oh, my God. You plugged the poor guy. I did. Yeah. Oh, Dad. Paul, when you say I plugged him, I didn't plug him. I plugged the podcast. And he's sort of, he's he's just having a pretty trippy day. This guy appears out of nowhere, starts starts crapping on about. But, you know, I do that every day with everyone I meet. Yeah, I know. And, um... And he explained to me that it was his boss's car, and which is kind of cool in a way, and that it made me feel a little bit better for him mm. because um, the boss had to organise the tow. And okay, so it wasn't like okay, so the boss, if it's the boss's car, it's the boss's fault, right? Correct, hundred okay, percent. Okay, okay. So I kind of felt pretty good for this this young guy, and I explained to him. I, I told him, look, I know all about the red label, and 
you know, he was being very compliant and then yeah. eventually the tow truck rocked up. So, yeah, I just thought, you know, when you see someone that sort of looks a bit sort of dejected, it's yeah. I think there's no harm in, you know, at least offering to sort of, you know, comfort them in some small way. I'm really glad that you went over. I, I think it's really nice because if he's having a shitty morning, it's just, I mean, that's a really nice thing to do. But also I am... I'm not surprised that you plug the podcast to the uh, to the grieving man, but I'm also, you know, I'm I'm not not surprised. Mm. So. John, are you there? Yes. Paul's got the shits. Why? I don't know. You Just mean diarrhea? Uh, <laughs> Tegan, Tegan, Tegan. <laughs> Tegan, we're recording. I know. Uh, and when he listens back, he's going to hear this. Oh, fuck. Uh, poor boy. So do I, do I pretend that I didn't know? All right, yeah, do that because then he'll hear this when he comes back to oh, edit it. Oh, fuck. So... D for diarrhea. I for indigo. A for arsehole. R for Randy, H for Harry. Hmm. I'm just trying to use all the letters of the word diarrhea, putting it into a jingle. Maybe we could do an ad for something or other. Interesting. <clears throat> Sorry, Dad. That's okay. Okay. Paul. Yeah. Like I said, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to give anything away. That's true. We've got to but, keep things very vague. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I'll just share something with you. Okay. And when and I say you, when I say yeah. you, that obviously means our hundreds of thousands of listeners. Yeah. The collective you. Yeah. Mm. So I am, what happened was, why are you laughing, Paul? So, I am... <laughs> Paul, are you mocking me? A little bit, sorry. Hmm. Love you. All right, come on. So, Christine... <laughs> go on. So, so, yeah, so... So, yeah. Christine, who is very, very, should we say, stable. Yeah. Yes, yes. And... Very deliberate in her, she chooses her words wisely. And she's not prone to exaggeration at all. What does that mean, Paul? I mean, she's not prone to... What? Are you I'm saying back- that I am? Well, yes, but I was actually trying to just back up the what kind of a person she is. Mm. You know? And she's a, a thoughtful, considerate person. Mm-hmm. You know, when I sort of Babylon, not as in Babylon, the ancient place, that was pretty cool, that play on... A word, wasn't it? Sure. As opposed to babble on. Good um, God, start the story. Paul, this is part of the... This is how I... You know You know what I'm like. Yes, We're halfway do. down the rabbit hole. Yeah, what's up, Doc? <laughs> oh, God. What the fuck is going on? Tell me the story. Well, uh, so... Oh, my God. Are you having a stroke? No, Paul. If you Paul, have a story, please... No, but you. I'm trying to sort of frame it. Because it's so fucking... Weird and unbelievable. All right. So this is this is a classic example of Christine. She's so laissez-faire and casual and sort of nonchalant and 
almost dismissive of something that happened to her yesterday. Mm-hmm. And she says to me this morning, oh, um, oh, I've this, oh, there's something I forgot to tell you. Something happened at work yesterday. Oh, okay. I have no idea what she's going to say at this juncture, as I imagine, nor do the listeners, yeah. and, and nor do you. So she is working in a place in the city for a very large organisation. I'm not going to give it away, I can't, but let's just say it's it's sort of Lego medical sort of stuff. Now, on her floor, there are generally 500 people. Okay. Does that tell you that it's a bloody big floor? Yeah, it's a lot of people. Yeah. Or it could be just a tiny floor where everyone's sort of really tightly squeezed together, but that's not the case. It's actually a very, very big floor. Mm-hmm. I've been there and people are, there's a fair bit of space between all the people. I'm just trying to create this sense of enormity. So she comes to work. In fact, I drove her to work yesterday because the weather was rat shit in Sydney, like cyclonic. It was like, even some of the big buildings, I think, were rocking. It was like, it was ridiculous. Microscopic level, they probably were moving because I think they're yeah. designed to. Okay. So, <laughs> Paul, I admire you listening to me tell a story. Even you apologizing for going off topic is you going off topic. <laughs> You'll literally finally get back on track and then do an aside about how you could apologize and then do an aside within the aside. It's like fucking Inception sometimes. Hey, do you think that if I was with the, the, the top SAS guys, do you think I'd, they'd end up having, I'd grind them down? Yeah, you'd fucking ruin them. You'd be in the mirror room and they'd be like, get me the fuck out of here. I I this guy it. won't stop talking. Oh, God. Yes, I think you're right. So, yeah. in fact, they might recruit me. <laughs> <laughs> SAS, more like DAD. Anyway, right. Paul, um, yeah. Christine walks in. Now, the air conditioning in this building, because there's absolutely not one human being on the floor. Okay. And it's very, very... The air conditioning's literally wound down to nothing. Yep. She comes in. Mm-hmm. She sits at her desk. Yeah. She's sitting there for about 10 minutes. She distinctly hears from very close by the ruffling of papers. And it's very, very distinct. It's loud. It's continuous. The automatic assumption, because occasionally they do have up to maybe three people on this entire floor during COVID. Mm-hmm. Christine actually sits up and she basically raises her voice slightly to talk to this, to engage this person that she knows is at another desk. But they're all sort of comp... They've sort of got these privacy screens around them. Yeah, like bullpens. Yeah. Correct. So, and Christine's talking to this person and there's no acknowledgement. There's nothing at all from this person. There's someone clearly at a desk working beyond a reasonable doubt. And remember, everyone, this is Christine talking, not me. So it's it's fucking rigididge. Mm-hmm. And she's listening. And you don't imagine stuff like that. We all know. We Like if you hear someone washing up or you hear someone, you know, mashing potatoes or reading a book and turning the pages, or opening a fridge, we all know... Did, did you just hear that burp? No. Sorry, I burped. We all know 
what these sounds are. So after there was no response, Christine gets up, she walks over to where the noise was coming from. There's no one there. No one at all. But as Christine approached this particular vicinity of her office, she experienced intense, intense cold. Like really, like being in a freezer in this very, very specific area. Mm -hmm. She felt very, very unnerved, agitated. She went back to her desk and it, it really, really affected her. And she heard the same noises repeat themselves a few times. And then she got a phone call from one of her colleagues. And Christine was a very private person and obviously didn't want to appear to be a, a loony turn or a, a, a whack job. Yeah. She decided to tell this particular member of staff what had happened. The member of staff said, because Christine described where the noise was coming from, and then even I, at this juncture, well, this particular person said to Christine, that's where such and such worked for many, many years. It was a dear friend of everyone, and she died a few weeks ago. And I then remembered that um, they did a virtual. Christine actually watched from our lounge room live and she said it was I, I i couldn't handle it and i didn't even know the lady i had to go out because i just can't i cannot hack stuff like that and sweet christine sat there and watched the um the funeral live and listened to the children give the most beautiful eulogies to this amazing woman that christine had worked with and the noise was coming from her desk and this woman had passed away uh, from a rapid onset illness and this only happened a few weeks ago, Paul. And then this sweet, beautiful, lovely colleague of Christine's, she said to Christine, and I think this is so beautiful, she said, Christine, I, don't, I know this is going to sound odd, but what you should do is go and make a cup of tea for the lady and I want you to place it on her desk. And... A lot of people wouldn't do that. They'd yeah. think, hang on a sec, that's just completely just weird. Yeah. But Christine, who is 100%, well, sane, she went into the, uh, into the tea room. Bearing in mind, Paul and listeners, there's no one else on the floor, just Christine. She's the mm -hmm. only person on the floor. Christine goes into the kitchen. She bakes this really nice cup of tea and she takes it over and she left it on this desk where the lady who had passed away some weeks ago used to sit and Christine went back to her desk and there were no more noises and then later on that day Christine went over to the desk I know what the listeners are thinking the tea was gone no but Christine then got the cup of cold tea and she yep. then took it into the kitchen and and mm and got rid of it but and that is a story paul that is 100 percent factual and fucking creepy that's crazy and yeah. you know also really kind of nice yes I think. yeah 
<sighs> and I think it, it has more gravitas, not more, but just the fact that it comes from, you know, Christine. And I asked Christine this morning, I said, do you mind if I tell the story? Because I think it's worthy of, of, our, uh, of our podcast. Yeah, I agree. I'm really glad you, I'm really glad you told it. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks to mum for being so kind of wonderful and strange in that respect. She always mm. does. Stuff like this always happens to mum. Well, look, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Loose Ends. The takeaways here are go and subscribe to Dish if you want to hear Dad as a recurring guest. Okay, we're watching the numbers. I know which of you have done it and which ones haven't. And uh, yeah, if you have any ghost stories, hook us up. Go to facebook.com forward slash loose units. Nothing is too weird. We want, we, we want ghost stories. We want it real bad. So that's all the time we have. Thanks so much for listening. Dad, I can't wait to see you again soon. We'll, um, we'll be back first thing next week for more loose units. But in the meantime, have a great weekend and we'll see you later. Bye. Cheerio. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.